Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Our Voice podcast. Uh, my name is Anthony Mondrulo. I'm the head of video content here at Our Voice. Uh, I host the podcast along with Adrian Higgins and Sam Ronan, the founder of Our Voice and former DNC chair candidate. Uh, the following is an interview that we conducted with Jared Beck, the lawyer in the DNC fraud lawsuit. You can find Jared on Twitter at Jared Beck, and you can find his website at jampack.us. Uh, we had a great conversation with Jared. We talked for about 45 minutes. We asked him a lot of questions about the fraud lawsuit, about his uh, progressive grassroots super PAC. It's a pretty unique thing. And about what the future of the Democratic Party might look like after this lawsuit's all resolved. So uh, I think you guys are going to like it. It's a, it's a really interesting conversation. Uh, typically, the format of the Our Voice podcast is that we're a progressive talk show. So we talk about important stories of the week, and we kind of just give our opinions on them. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, and share it with your friends, because the more we grow this podcast, the more guests that we can get, uh, and the more interviews that we can bring you. So... You know, we really appreciate your help in uh, sharing this around, and stay tuned after the music for our interview with Jared Beck. So today we're joined by a Harvard-educated DNC fraud lawsuit lawyer, Jared Beck. Uh, Jared is the co-founder, along with Elizabeth Beck, of JamPack, a progressive grassroots super PAC fueled by individual donations. Uh, Jared, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here, Anthony. Absolutely. So uh, before we get into the uh, DNC lawsuit, I just want to ask you about uh, JamPack, because you know I, I see you do a lot of interviews, and I don't see a lot of people ask you about this, but... Um, just, uh, just basically, I wanted to kind of give you, uh, give you a platform to give kind of an overview of what you guys do and uh, how people can kind of help out uh, the organization. Yeah, so uh, JamPack is uh, a, an organization that my wife Elizabeth uh, and I uh, started uh, back in early uh, 2016, and uh, it came out of our enthusiasm. Uh, for Bernie Sanders and his campaign. And, you know, it was really our attempt to do what we could do, uh, you know, as uh, um, Bernie Sanders supporters to advance his message and really counter uh, a lot of the uh, negative mainstream media narratives that were going around at the time, uh, as well as you know, the, the media blackout of Bernie Sanders that everyone uh, remembers so well. So what we did was uh, we took some of our savings and we uh, started um, producing uh, a series of um, videos by uh, independent filmmakers who, who were also uh, really excited about Bernie Sanders. And so we made some short videos I believe they were the first to uh, um, uh, try to um, put forth Bernie Sanders' message in Spanish. Uh, you know, at the time, there was this narrative going around that uh, Bernie Sanders uh, was ha having uh, difficulty connecting with uh, the Latino uh, community, 
And uh, being down in here in Miami, we knew uh, that that just wasn't true. So we wanted to do what we could at the time to sort of counter that narrative. Uh, we formed JamPack. Uh, we have a website, jampack.us, uh, where you can find more information about uh, the projects uh, which uh, uh, we were involved in. Um, but, uh, you know, really it was our uh, involvement in JamPack uh, that led us uh, to where we are today um, as uh, a plaintiff's counsel in the DNC fraud lawsuit. Excellent. So, um, so to that subject, how did uh, how did the lawsuit kind of come about? And just for maybe anyone who uh, hasn't been following it as closely as as most of us have, just give kind of like you know brief details of of what happened recently with the uh, motion to dismiss. Right. So um, the lawsuit came about uh, when uh, a uh, a Bernie Sanders supporter by the name of uh, Nico House uh, came into our office in Miami uh, with uh, evidence that uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign uh, in North Carolina had uh, been infiltrated by Hillary Clinton loyalists. And so, of course, at the time, um, there was, uh, you know, there were active primaries going on. But as lawyers, this sort of raised our suspicions that um, something uh, uh, something bad was going on that merited further investigation. Um, and so, um, several months later, uh, Guccifer 2.0 uh, placed into the public domain a series of internal documents uh, from. Uh, the DNC's own servers, and this was a month before WikiLeaks dropped um, an even greater uh, collection of internal DNC documents. But these documents basically uh, confirmed what um, uh, Nico House's uh, evidence had suggested, which is that uh, there was a concerted effort by the DNC and the Democratic uh, party leadership to rig the primaries against Bernie Sanders and in favor of Hillary Clinton. And so when uh, that documentary evidence came into the public domain, uh, that gave us uh, the factual uh, uh, basis that we needed to file a lawsuit in federal court, which we did uh, in June of uh, 2016, shortly before uh, the DNC a convention in Philadelphia. Um, that case uh, um, has been uh, pending in the Southern District of Florida, Fort Lauderdale Division, uh, since we filed it. Uh, on April 25th, we had a very, very important hearing uh, in the case uh, in which um, the judge uh, heard argument of counsel for both sides uh, on the issue of whether the DNC's motion to dismiss should be granted and the case uh, uh, should be thrown out of court before it even gets to a trial. And so um, the judge has not issued a, an order at this time. Uh, however, uh, the transcript of the hearing, uh, which uh, took place on April 25th, um, is uh, uh, is now in the public domain and um, 
you know, the DNC's arguments at that hearing uh, have raised uh, some very, very uh, intense and interesting uh, discussions all over uh, social media uh, during the past several days. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked uh, a lot last week about just specifics of what was uh, brought up by the DNC lawyer about how they don't have any kind of uh, uh, re requirement to maintain impartiality, according to them, and things of that nature, uh, which seems ridiculous. But <laughs> uh, so where so where does the lawsuit stand right now? Uh, do we have any ideas uh, to a timetable on when the judge might rule on a, on the motion to dismiss? Um. No, we don't have a timetable. Uh, at the end of the hearing, uh, the judge uh, uh, stated very uh, candidly that given the uh, significance and the complexity of the issues involved, uh, you know, it's going to take some time uh, to issue uh, the written order. So, you know, at this point, that's what we're waiting for. Okay. So, um, if uh, the individuals involved in the class action suit win the suit, uh, beyond the massive payout, what, what do you think uh, the immediate and long-term effects on the party will be? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I think that um, even before, uh, you know, we get uh, to uh, the trial stage of this case, assuming we get by the motion to dismiss, obviously, but um, even you know, without even discussing that far ahead, mm -hmm. I think that um, this case has already had um, uh, some effect on how the party is viewed by the public, uh, just by virtue of the arguments that are being made by the DNC in court. And so, um, you know, uh, the DNC has taken the position in court that it has no legal obligation uh, to run uh, the primaries in a fair and impartial manner. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that that is a very, very concerning statement because at the same time, as we all know, uh, the DNC is, you know, pushing this concept of unity and it's trying to get people uh, to uh, hold hands and um, you know uh, you know build this this idea of unity but at the same time it's telling people that uh, you know it doesn't have any obligation uh, to actually run the primaries in a democratic way so I think that's very 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 concerning and I think the fact that it's making those arguments you know potentially uh, already have a very very negative effect on the uh, DNC politically yeah Absolutely. Um, and so, I mean, you know, you, you, that is down the road, but I mean, if this does uh, go to trial and, and you do end up victorious, can you foresee a situation in the future where the DNC is in some way either dissolved or transitioned away as the, the basis of organization for the party? Uh, is there any legal way that they can be compelled to create a, a more impartial organization devoid of devoid of this kind of you know, private company kind of politics that they, that they play. Is that, is that something that's even remotely feasible or is that, is that just not really something that can happen? You know, it's, it's a very interesting question. I, I think anything is possible. Um, you know, 
assuming, you know, you know, if, if hypothetically speaking, we were able to obtain a judgment against the DNC on behalf of the class, you know, I think that the effect of that would be no different than the effect of any judgment um, that you get against any company, uh, um, you know, any, which, and of course we know that the DNC is a corporation, it's incorporated. Uh, but when you get a judgment against a company, you set a precedent. Um, in other words, you know, the company has, you know, in order to survive, um, it has to make changes, otherwise, um, you know, it ceases to exist. Uh, that's, you know, you know, that could be, uh, you know, one outcome. I mean, it really depends on how, um, you know, on a lot of factors that I think are even beyond, you know, the purview of this lawsuit. Um, but I would just, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of American history. And, uh, you know, I would remind people that, you know, political parties have disappeared in American history previously, um, you know, it, it, there's precedent for that. So, you know, this may be the DNC, the, the Democratic Party's time, who knows? But there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, you know, um, there's a lot of uncertainty and factors um, beyond our control that uh, uh, have yet to play out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm a little dubious on the answer to this question, but a lot of people in, in our organization wanted me to ask, is there any possibility of anyone actually facing any kind of criminal charges uh, out of the suit, or is that not even really within the realm of possibility? I, in terms of uh, do, if you can prove this in court, would this amount to actual election fraud or election tampering, would, would any kind of a criminal you know, case be brought at that point? That's, that's a very, uh, very good question. Um, so obviously, you know, this case is, is bring, being brought in the civil part of our legal system, meaning that, you know, we don't, uh, we don't have remedies in the civil side that are criminal remedies. What we have are, you know, money damages and potentially injunctive relief. Uh, on the other hand, I can tell you that, you know, oftentimes uh, civil cases do lead to criminal cases. Um, so, um, are there uh, criminal statutes uh, involved here? You know, I'm not a criminal lawyer, but uh, it seems to me that there may be, especially when you're talking about the fact that uh, public monies are being used to fund these primary elections. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's the case that uh, those elections, those Democratic primaries are being conducted in a fraudulent manner, as we're alleging in this case, then it uh, seems to me that uh, public funds, taxpayer monies are being misappropriated. And it seems to me that that um, is a potential basis for uh, criminal liability. Uh, but then again, you know, I'm not a criminal lawyer, but uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just suggesting that you know, um, yes, there, there, there very well could be uh, criminal issues involved uh, uh, as a result of the core allegations in this civil case. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so if the trial does move forward, uh, is there a possibility that we could see Debbie Wasserman Schultz or Donna Brazil be called to testify? Absolutely. Um, uh, I would consider uh, those uh, two individuals to be uh, among uh, the uh, key witnesses uh, that uh, we would uh, not just call at trial, but uh, we would uh, seek to take their depositions during the discovery phase. Uh, so even before trial, uh, should this case get past uh, the motion to dismiss, then uh, one of the next steps would be to uh, uh, set uh, their uh, depositions, and at that time they would be, be required to testify under oath. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I have a question here from uh, Holly from our group. She wanted to know, and I'm not super familiar with this, so maybe maybe you're more familiar. Uh, she wanted to know, are you working alongside uh, the RICO case attorneys? Uh, there is information from that case useful in court and uh, being discussed on the record? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really all that familiar with that case. Yeah. So, okay. I'm not um, to be yeah. um, so going forward, is there any reason to think that, uh, this isn't going to happen again, uh, as things are currently constituted? Uh, and is there anything we can do as citizens to ensure that this won't happen again? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So uh, I would say that unless we hold uh, those who rigged the primary accountable, um, it will happen again. Um, because the DNC has told us that it doesn't believe there's a legal obligation to conduct the primaries in an impartial and even-handed manner. So um, of course it will happen again. Uh, so the only way we can ensure that it doesn't is to hold uh, hold them accountable. Well, we're trying to do that in a court of law, um, but I would say that, you know, you know, this isn't the only avenue to hold them accountable. Um, you know, uh, Sam, you know, I, you know, when you uh, seize the forum uh, during the DNC uh, 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 um, chair debate on CNN, and brought up the issue of primary rigging, you know, that's another way um, we, uh, as citizens, uh, uh, can seek to hold the DNC accountable. I mean, it requires, you know, putting yourself out there and it requires seizing the opportunity, but we have to have that this discussion in all possible forums. So, you know, I love the fact that, you know, uh, folks like Sam are seeking office you know, basically building up these huge followings and um, putting these issues into the public domain and confronting uh, you know, the, the DNC in its own forum um, with these issues. And so I think we just have to keep doing that. Awesome. Well, thanks for the, uh, the shout out there, Jared. I appreciate that. No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I think your candidacy um, has is extremely inspiring, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I, as you know, I was one of your early supporters, and uh, to see you, uh, you know, build a following and to, um, you know, um, confront 
uh, the DNC leadership on the stage on CNN uh, and 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 call out the primary rigging. That was a very very brave thing to do, and uh, I think it sets a wonderful example uh, for everybody. Well, then to that point, Jared, and if I may jump in, Anthony. Um, one of my questions, and it was also along the lines of like, what can we do? Obviously, you're, we're doing the civil action, we're trying to bring it to trial, and maybe the best we can hope for is that the DNC pays back Bernie supporters, and that would be a victory. But as far as what that would mean for the party, would that not effectively make the Democratic Party defunct and uh, considerably weakened compared to the Republican Party? And if that's the case, and we see a, a collapse of the Democratic Party out of a duopoly, how do we as people um, rectify that? Do we do we have a support structure that you see that we can utilize to um, work together, to come together, to fight back? Or are we going to see a lot of this uh, clan building, so to speak, everybody in their own little camp, mm. and we stay divided? What do you think? You know, I, I'm seeing a lot more unity than division. Um, you know, I, I, I and, and maybe I'm just an eternal optimist, but, you know, the discussions I'm seeing uh, out there in, in social media, you know, it's been overwhelmingly supportive um, as to our lawsuit. And, you know, people are just so fed up with politics as usual that I think that people are fighting, um, you know, the same struggle, but they're doing it in different ways. So, you know, you know, I'm a big fan of people, you know, within the Democratic Party trying to work within the Democratic Party to change from within. You know, obviously, we're uh, taking an adversarial approach to um, the, the Democratic Party through our lawsuit. But, you know, I would just say that, you know, when you're fighting a battle, you know, in order to win, you need people both on the outside and the inside. Um, that's, how you, that's how you win a battle. And uh, so to me, everybody's working towards the same goal. How it's actually going to pan out, you know, we really don't know the details of that. But I think if we all work to the same goal and we all reach a consensus on the need to get rid of corruption in our government, I think we're going to get to the right place. I mean, I have, I have great faith in that. And, and I see a lot of positive energy right now. That's awesome. I mean, your voice uh, joining with us, I mean, I feel like you, you definitely are uh, you know, a tip of the spear, so to speak. Um, you know, legal action is the best way to change law as it stands. And just because something is legal doesn't make it right. And you know, it, it, it's actually quite reassuring to hear that from from someone like you, who's right in the middle of it right now, dealing with it verbatim directly. Um, thank you for those words. Well, thank thank you, Sam. Yeah, and you know, to that point, I think between Sam being willing to call out uh, the corruption in the primary and, you, and your lawsuit, it's opened the door for other people to do that. I mean, just recently, I think Ro Khanna, you know, a sitting congressman, came out and said that the DNC unfairly uh, tipped the scales in the primary. Even Bernie, yep. in an interview, I think this week, said something to the effect of, we all know what happened in the primary. Yep. Yep. So, so yes, and it's, it's forcing... It's forcing the, the, the discussion, yeah. and that's, that's what we need to do. We need to have a discussion. When we have that discussion, you know, we'll eventually reach a consensus, and then I think you know, it's just a matter of all these different avenues of attack um, you know, on the problem converging. But you know, you're absolutely right. 
Um, and uh, you know, I think it's 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 part of a really you know it's it's part of um, the movement that Bernie lit. You know, um, you know, he always said that the revolution was not about him. I think we're all kind of living the effects of that uh, as we speak. Definitely. Um, so, you know, speaking of, of having the discussion, why do you think the media is largely silent on the lawsuit? Um, <laughs> because it seems to me that this is this, this is a massive story and uh, it, it's, yeah. it's being almost entirely ignored, it seems like, in the mainstream media. What, why do you think that is? I think there's a lot of reasons, um, you know, in some ways, you know, we're, we're just reliving um, the, uh, what we saw uh, during uh, uh, Bernie Sanders campaign. Um, you know, the media has a tendency to, uh, uh, the mainstream media has a tendency to ignore anything that challenges the existing power structure uh, and suggests that um, you know, the power structure is, 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 is actually very, very unstable. Um, that said, you know, I also think that the mainstream media is just really, really distracted right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with so much, you know, I mean, Donald Trump and his administration is just one media distraction after another, and it drowns out everything important that's going on. So, you know, half of me believes that it's not so much a conspiracy to black out the story as much as um, really just the, the mainstream media being so distracted by Trump um, and everything surrounding him. That said, um, you know, I firmly believe that it's going to be very, very difficult for the mainstream media to ignore this case once the court issues an order. Whatever that order says, it's going to be very, very hard because at that point, it's not just me as a lawyer um, representing my clients. It's the actual Article Three federal judge um, issuing an order, and that's not something I think the mainstream media can ignore. Yeah, I, I would think so, at least. You know, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to me that even like kind of like the Fox Newses of the world haven't picked up on it just to kind of further sow division on the left and and. Uh, but I mean, do you think to an extent there's there's a, kind of a cadre of of establishment loyalists kind of in the, within the media who don't really want to see this story become anything? Like they 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 figure if they ignore it, it'll just go away. Well, I, I think you know, um, of of course, I think you know they're 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 implicated in what happened in in many ways. I mean, um, you know this. You know, the DNC rigged the primaries by leveraging their media relationships um, and pushing narratives against Bernie Sanders. I mean, that's how uh, a big part of the, the primary rigging happened. And um, their allies in that were the very people in the mainstream media who are blacking out the story now. So, you know, it may not even be totally conscious on their part, but they may subconsciously uh, be uh, you know, subconsciously staying away from the story because they're implicated. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sam, do you have any other questions for Jared? I did. Um, and this is more of a conspiracy theory question that I think has a little bit of merit. Um, we noticed that the mainstream media does allow itself to be distracted by Trump. And I think you, I, Anthony, and Adrian can all agree that distractions are just that, distractions. And 
for something that is so entrenched, so established, and so well organized, it seems rather ludicrous that they would continue to focus on the continuing circus in the White House and not focus on things that actually can make a difference. Like, our actual democracy, our actual liberty is being at question right now. It is actually at stake. Whatever happens in the legal system, in the courts, with the decision on whether or not the Democratic Party is allowed to literally choose their own candidates, regardless of a primary process. I mean, the the implications of that. The GOP could pick whoever they want. The the Republic or the Democrats could pick whoever they want. Greens and everybody else. There is no longer democracy. There's parties versus parties, and that fundamentally undermines our republic. So, is it a collusion? Is it a collusion of this? perhaps not deep state, but is it maybe trying to prevent fear? Is it trying to even more so insidiously control our political processes? Because it already is, right? Um, with the debates, they're turned into like Saturday night fight nights instead of mm -hmm. two politicians or statesmen, or women for that matter, coming together and having political discourse about the future of a nation. No, they're, they're talked about how they're literally going to be brawls and then the, the pictures that they have, it looks like an actual MMA or boxing fight night. And I know because I watch these things, you know? And to me, I, I think it is a deliberate act. And we saw it mm. in the DNC chair race, which was, again, very important. And, and okay, notwithstanding my, my efforts in it, the fact of the matter is, this is one half of two major parties. Right. Its future will be decided. You would think more people in the country would have been made or wanted to be made more aware of. Yes. Now we're having it happen again. I mean, what, right. what's your point? Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really really well put, Sam. Um, you know, I, I think the um, elites of this country are running scared. I think it's a very, very small club, uh, to quote uh, George Carlin. Uh, of course, you know, but people are starting to wake up to that fact uh, in droves. And I think actually the media, the mainstream media is losing a lot of its power because people can bypass the media. And we can, you know, have this discussion uh, here uh, on, a, you know, a podcast and uh, have this disseminated through social media and we can get the truth out there. And so, you know, I think the mainstream media is aware of this. I think they're scared. And I think when people are scared, um, they, uh, do everything in their power to sort of ignore the problem and you know not address it head on because they I think they feel that they're 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 losing power and that's why we're seeing the blackout. They don't want to have an honest discussion about uh, the state of this country um, because um, the answer I think is too scary for them. Well, I mean, let's be real. It's scary for all of us right now. I mean, and I'm not I'm not trying to take over this this conversation, but. Uh, so stop me if I'm getting ahead of myself. I think what is just as terrifying about what's happening with the, the DNC lawsuit is the fact that Donald Trump is literally doing the same exact things that Stalin, mm -hmm. Mussolini, I don't remember the Spanish uh, general who took over in World War II, but Hitler. Uh, those four dictators that were around during the rise of World War II and, and, and those conflicts, he is doing everything that they did, if not more and worse, right? Nixon fired his guy and then lied about, you know, his Watergate scandal. And we got President, can't say it. We got Donald Trump mm -hmm. firing Comey 
because mm -hmm. he has the audacity to investigate him. He's, high, he's putting people in positions of power that are the antithesis to those cabinet positions. I mean, we have, you know, Kellyanne Conway being the propaganda specialist, Steve Bannon being pretty much white supremacy in the White House, and, and just the list goes on and on, elevating his own family and, and in-laws to uh, positions of power and giving corporate interests elevated positions of power. Like, between the fascism <laughs> that is mm -hmm. in existence and the collusion of undermining the, uh, our civil liberty, that is absolutely terrifying. So why is mainstream media focusing on maybe normalizing fascism, which is terrifying in enough of itself, and not bringing to bear or highlighting the, the attack on our liberty? Is that just something that you can't normalize as easily? I mean, what, what do you think? Mm. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very, very deep question, Sam. I mean, um, you know, I, I think that the, I think that the, the media has ceased um, being, the mainstream media has ceased being an independent um, voice in this country. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think if for too long the mainstream media has served as, you know, a puppet to the puppet masters, and it's not done its job to really question our government, um, you know, in the way that you're suggesting. Um, and, you know, part of questioning our government is really, I think, you know, focusing on our how our civil liberties are being uh, taken away uh, every day. And this is something we've enabled as um, a society because I don't think we've been vigilant enough against our government. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that goes back even well before Trump. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, this is something that goes back to, um, you know, I would, you know, I think, you know, personally, I would go all the way back to JFK and oh, wow. the assassination of JFK, you know, as a moment when um, this country went on a very, very dark path. And I don't think we've recovered um, in fact, I think things have gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And, um, you know, the mainstream media's complicity in that um, is, is a documented fact. Um, and it's gotten more and more complicit. So, you know, to get back to your question, Sam, um, you know, again, I think the mainstream media isn't covering these things because it would be in a position of covering its own complicity. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think it can, you know, logically do that. That's why we have to rely on alternative media uh, to, you know, uh, cover, uh, to cover it. And you know what, we've got alternative media on the left and we've got alternative media on the right. And they're both very, 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 very vibrant right now. And they're both very, very, very suspicious of our government. And I, I think that's a good thing. So it sounds like once you bring the DNC to task, it looks like you'll be waging a lawsuit against the mainstream media. Can't wait for that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Um, you can only do one battle as a, at a time. Uh, right. You know, I think, like, honestly, the best way to fight the mainstream media is to support independent media. Um, you know, tune out what's going on on CNN or Fox or, you know, MSNBC and just support your local independent media. Um, you know, you know, share it, support it, um, because you know that's how we get the truth out, and ultimately, that's what's going to, um, you know, bring the mainstream media to its knees. Absolutely. Absolutely.
And, you know, to the point of what you're saying, Sam, about everything about Trump, uh, the reason that that's why the, the lawsuit you brought is so important, because if we don't fix this problem of impartial primaries, we're going to end up with Trump's for the rest of time. I mean, if the, yeah. the Democratic Party keeps alienating right. half of its base and, you know, mm-hmm. sticking, you know, the the boot on our neck, so to speak, they're going to lose every single election. I mean, that they've already been yeah. completely wiped out, you know, thousand seats right. in, in, during Obama's term. So, you know, what you're doing is so incredibly, can't stress enough, so incredibly important. And that, that was kind of the big thing on the group when I asked for questions. A lot of people just said, you know, make sure you thank him and tell him, you know, we really appreciate what he's doing. He's giving voice to things that we never thought were going to be litigated because, I mean, I think a lot of us after the primaries felt very voiceless, like like we were screaming yeah. into the void, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's great to, that you're doing this because it's going to force a dialogue, hopefully, in the mainstream media on this right. subject, which has just been totally under uh, reported. And, and seriously, like, no joke, Jared, like, you're the GOAT right now. You're the MVP. Like, you're doing the thing. Like you said, uh, you saw a moment and you took it. You know, you can quote Eminem's song. You can, you know, reference my, my you know, DNC race. But, like, what you're doing right now, that's that's impressive. And, you know, I wish I, I was a lawyer myself so I could be right there next to you. You know, have somebody to to lean on or just to, you know, have your back. But I'm sure you got half the country with you that's paying attention to all this. So seriously, keep it up. And if there's anything, seriously, anything I can do or anybody here at Our Voice, like, do not hesitate in the slightest. We want to make this a reality. We want to put it on the spotlight because it's necessary. I mean, this is, I mean, there are so few moments in history where you can actually watch it in real time and know that it is a historical moment. Mm. This is it. 2017 and 2016, these are historic years that will be remembered in the histories. And we are living that moment. We will be remembered as the generation that did nothing or the generation that stood up and said no. And right now, it seems like the generation that's standing up is so tiny. Um, You can almost count them all on one hand, it seems like. But then, you know, it's, it's that inspiration. People need champions even if a champion by themselves can't do it a champion mm-hmm. can inspire others to do it and right now you're inspiring me you're inspiring our voice and you're inspiring i hope an entire generation of lawyers to get your back brother uh, that's oh. all i can say I, I appreciate that sam thanks and you know we couldn't do it without you know so much support that we're getting and you know um you know sometimes it feels lonely uh <laughs> doing this but um you know at the end of the day, we feel all the love and support on a daily basis, and it keeps us going. So thank you so much for that. Uh, it means a lot. Absolutely. Outstanding. So, uh, and where can people find you on Twitter and all that, if you want to just give a quick plug to your... Sure. Yeah, so I've got a Twitter account, Jared Beck, J-A-R-E-D-B-E-C-K. We also have a DNC Fraud Lawsuit Twitter and Facebook that... Um, you know, we, we try to get out updates on the lawsuit in real time. Uh, you can go to our uh, jampack.us website if you actually want to read the court documents and the transcript. We put everything up there as it com- becomes available because, you know, it's really amazing as a lawyer to see people really uh, delving into a legal case and 
uh, seeing how our legal system works. Uh, and you know that's really gratifying because I think the public engagement uh, around not just this lawsuit, but everything that's going on is really amazing. I haven't seen anything like it in my lifetime, but it really gives me a lot of hope for the future. Definitely. Yeah, and you know, just again, thank you from everybody here at Our Voice, and I'm sure everyone in the progressive community for taking up the mantle uh, and taking on the DNC because somebody needed to do it. Uh, and you know, thanks for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. No. Thanks for having me. It's been a really uh, enjoyable discussion. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks. Um, I just wanted to say in closing too, uh, when you're done kicking the DNC's ass, whether you choose to take on MSM next, uh, if you want to help me in my congressional run, I'm, I'm going to unashamedly ask for your help. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We'll be a dynamic duo. So that, anyway. That sounds awesome. <laughs> thanks guys. Thanks. Thanks, Jared. Thank you. Okay. All right. Take it easy. You too. Have a good one. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Greetings. Uh, my name is Samuel Ronan. Uh, you might remember me from February when I ran for the DNC chair. Uh, now I am the founder of Our Voice, an organization that is the quintessential grassroots support system. What Our Voice is, is the solution, the answer to the question, why is nobody doing this? What can I do? How can I help? What can we do to make an improvement? Why is this change not happening? You see, my voice alone was enough to bring a spotlight to the issues, but it was not enough to solve them. And your voice clamoring was not enough to prevent the collusion and the corruption in the DNC primary. But together, your voice and my voice becomes our voice. And we can fight. We can work together. Because politics is not something you do. Politics is something you live. And if you want to be the change, if you want to see the change, you have to be able and willing to make the change. Our voice enables you and enables us to be the future and the hope that we've been looking for all this time. Together, we can and we will make a difference. For more information, please go to www.indiegogo.com projects slash our dash voice dash democracy. We are fundraising so that our voice can be heard and that it cannot be denied. You can also reach out to us and join our voice, ourvoiceinitiative.org slash positions. Go to that page, look at all of the positions that we have available and be a part of our voice. Make your voice be heard and we can fight back against the corruption of not just Donald Trump, but the DNC and all sorts of collusion within our government.